Welcome to this week's episode of our fashion culture series, in which we will talk about how different cultures, subcultures mix with fashion. In this week's episode, we explore the influence of sports on the industry. I am Maya. And I'm Alessia. And you're listening to Thread Talk. Sports are a big part of many people's lives. They have also become a profitable industry in today's modern world and they now play a big role in fashion. From an economic and cultural point of view, as well as in the actual design and textile aspects of the industry. Today, we are exploring how sports are tied to the fashion industry. Historically, sports pushed for a cultural shift in women's wear. In the early 20th century, sportswear was referred to as casual clothing, worn by women, for them to attend sports events as spectators. Although, although this clothing still compromises of dresses and skirts, the need for more casual and comfortable apparel kept rising. Women would start wearing pant-like clothing for inside the house, as well as for athletic activities. The first trousers for women were seen on bicycling and mountaineering women. And gradually, by the mid-20th century, women's red trousers and casual wear became more socially accepted. The introduction of sportswear is accredited to Americans. Most American clothing up to the early 20th century was directly copied from Paris. Then sportswear came along creating the American style. It was designed to be easy to look after and put on, and it enabled women to get dressed without the assistance of maids. With the incorporation of this more relaxed style into Parisian fashion, sportswear made its way into mainstream fashion and gave rise to new styles. So style inspired by sport, let's talk about some examples. Street style of the 90s. The 90s was a period in which tracksuits, hoodies, sneakers and graphic t-shirts became widely spread due to hip-hop fashion. During this time period, Adidas established the timeless status of two of its shoes, the Stan Smith sneakers, given the name of the most known tennis player at the time, and the superstar shoe. To this day, brands like Adidas and Nike are giants in the fashion scene, even collaborating with designers like Jacques Mousse or Raph Simmons. Then we also have the core style. Nylon cargo trousers, puffer jackets, hiking shoes, and other practical clothes are the characteristics of hiker wear, adopted by many fashion brands, creating a practical yet chic style. We can all agree that brands such as North Face and Solomon have evolved outside of just practical wear and have made it into fashion. Even though this way of dressing has been very popular in recent years, it can be traced back to shows like Mew Mew Spring Summer 1999 that featured nylon dresses, buckled shirts, and vest bags. Another prominent example would be Prada Lino Rosa, a Prada line completely inspired by sportswear. 
Another very interesting aesthetic derived from sports is ballet call. Ballet call takes the form of ballet shoes, leg warmers, tight bodies, and ballerina characteristics, crop cardigans, and wrapped skirts. A very famous example is again Numi's recent ballet shoe. Simone Rochard has joined the aesthetic with their own interpretation of shoe, as well as with some two mini skirts. And I'll add as well that I can see for the past year or so that on Instagram and even in the re- like in the streets of like London, I've been seeing so many girls like going to Pilates classes and wearing like those body suits with those like leg warmers and that like tiny little jumpers, like ballet jumpers. Yeah. That it, it looks like they're all going back like to a dance class when, when realistically it's just going to go to the gym or like mm-hmm. to a Pilates class. So I think it has been very major lately. Yeah. I think that one and like the core core as well with like yeah. cargo. It's very UK. So UK. To know that like everyone at uni is just wears a north north face puffer jacket and and everyone has a pair of cargo pants in their wardrobes. So sportswear has also led to innovations in design and textile. The need for shoes that breathe, nylon for windbreakers and stretchy fabrics for sportswear brought on innovations in design and textile production. After the Second World War, sportswear began spreading in Europe as well, and new synthetic stretching material were developed. In 1938, nylon, the first British synthetic fiber, has been developed, and other synthetic fibers and their associated brands, such as Orlan, which is made from acrylic, Nicra, which is made from polyurethane, Terrilene, from polyester, tactile from nylon, and neoprene, which is a synthetic rubber, were introduced from the 1950s to the 1980s. Nikaelestan fibers, Pandex, originally invented in the late 50s, was relaunched in the early 80s to be used extensively by both fashion and sportswear designers for the new waves of sporty activities such as aerobic, jazz ballet, and bodybuilding. Today, synthetic technical textiles developed and used for sportswear are moisture wicking prevent abrasion and can regulate temperature, as well as satisfy form requirements that are far more diverse and specialized, particularly since the last third of the 20th century. Athletic brands continue to bring innovation in the production processes of fashion. An example is the LeBron James Innovation Center, located in the Nike World Headquarters, where researchers collaborate with robotic experts and designers to develop new designs. There are prototyping machines that enable speedy prototyping with the ability to create a new sample under an hour. I think one of the most universal sportswear items nowadays is the sneakers, Mm -hmm. obviously. Even more than the sportswear itself, like, tops and trousers everyone has a sneaker in their like wardrobe wardrobe even like fashion people they have some 
despite the fact they're not going to wear trackies, mm-hmm. they'll still wear like sneakers. Yeah. Fashion people, like non-fashion people, like our parents, everyone. You really everyone. can't live without a sneaker. It's like the most comfortable shoe. And like it's like widely accepted. Yes. Um, I was going to go back to how we were talking about sportswear being more common for women. And like I think sportswear definitely freed women from a lot of pressure, like fashion pressure of wearing very uncomfortable clothes. And at the same time, there was like Saint Laurent putting up like new ways of dressing for women, but sportswear managed to make it for everyday mothers to be able to pick up their kids in sneakers and not having to wear heels mm-hmm. to do that. Or like, it's just easier for an everyday life and they probably help some kind of equality because you're a woman or men and you would just wear sneakers and no one like, would say anything. And so I think it was a big change for women's wear in the sense that it freed women from being able to wear whatever they want and being comfortable, which they were not. Yeah, definitely. In a new, um, it was not, it was not necessarily the intent mm-hmm. of it, so, like many designers tried, but it's definitely the results. Yeah, to, for sure. And then, like, I was reading about how after the whole, like, sports where more relaxed style was introduced, a lot of designers in Paris, like even Coco Chanel and, like, Yves Saint Laurent, they start, even if it was not sports, where they started incorporating more relaxed um like fits as far as clothing which is very interesting and i definitely think that at some point though in the actual sports not like everyday sports where it was a bit weird because you could only wear like dresses like even like tennis players uh, women used to play tennis in like dresses. You know what? Women, I think it's in Wilbundon or I don't know what open tennis open just manage to change its regulation because the women tennis player were obliged to wear skirts, mm-hmm. which is an outfit as like an aesthetic. Okay. It's a bit odd, but okay. But they were obliged to wear underneath the shorts white and they were like, if I'm on my period, I'm playing a three-hour-long game. How do you intend me not to be stressed yeah. about having spotting and like? I've never thought they about finally that. agreed on having a black short underneath the white one, the yeah. white like skirt, and so that is crazy that they have like such strict uh, regulations to this day. But it's like, you know, the Bunny Beach um, woman, I don't know which country, but they were, t- it's like saying how they have to wear like the tiniest shorts and like the smallest like sports Not bras. even for like, and the, like beach volley, they usually wear the um, like speedos kind of like, basically just like yes, a like bikini short, bottom. Like the tiniest shorts. Yeah. And they were like, we want to be able to wear like normal shorts that do not reveal how far we're like. Yeah, 
scarier. <laughs> and I think they're trying, like sports women are trying nowadays to less be like obliged to wear a certain like way of dressing mm-hmm. because it's like it's kind of sexualized. Why do you have to wear such a short short to do yeah. volleyball? It's very odd. As as much as I understand they need regulation for every team for like international competitions. Mm-hmm. So there's no disadvantage or like cheating. Um I think they meet they need to make made like in a way that it still allows the women to feel comfortable in what they're wearing. This may sound like, I don't know if it's correct, it could be wrong, and it sounds a bit weird, but probably most of these regulations were made based on the fact that when people, like, play sport, it's, a, like, a spectacle as well. So, like, in the beginning, they used to choose, for example, the colors of the sports, uh, like, attire, just for them to draw attention to people that went to see like a basketball game or whatever. So probably women's wear in sports were kind of like the same concept, like for it to be like a nice thing to, yeah. Which understandable, because like that's what fashion is for, but not to that extent, I would say. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um. I've, we haven't talked about something because we've talked about like Nike's Adidas, mm-hmm. but a shoe like Jordan's, I think one of the equivalent of Jordan, but Jordan obviously comes from a person, but there's two shoes that we haven't talked about that I think nowadays are so relevant. It's like Converse mm-hmm. that was a basketball shoe. Yeah. And nowadays it's not worn as a basketball shoe anymore. Jordans are, and still to this day is used by millions of people every day. And the second pair of shoe we haven't talked about is Vans. Have developed an entire aesthetic around it. And like Vans nowadays, they have two pairs of shoes. They have the for everyday people and they have a, a line just for skaters because that saw is mm-hmm. thicker uh, so even then they had to adapt to them so they still developed new technologies around their shoes but because it became so popular they've just kept on going and a huge aesthetic nowadays is like skater boys for example which is very linked to like cargo mm-hmm. and aesthetic but it's definitely linked to this idea of like skaters and like having baggy clothes yeah definitely you can find so many examples like even tennis for example i think one of the first brands that kind of created a cult following was fred perry that started as tennis wear and now it's street style we need to talk about lacoste lacoste is for me one of the most smartest brand marketing i've ever seen in my Mm -hmm. life they are incredible. They managed to pull off something that a few brands have, which is like Gucci, maybe. They were introduced by Lekos was a tennis mm-hmm. player. And he created this brand like a long time ago in the 20th century, but early. And nowadays is one of the most famous brands for tennis to play, play mm-hmm. with. And 
Lacoste was seen as a very posh brand and it was only wore by people from more upper classes. And in the past, it kind of went down in like popularity because it was only old people that would wear it or could afford it. And I'll say in the past 10 to 15 years, 10 years, they have changed the entire marketing. And so nowadays I'll say that more people from like street style, streetwear, sportswear, wear them because they associate just with a cool brand and it has become a really cool brand and people that even can't really afford it still manage to pull it off and buy some. And so they have track suits and when you go in the store, you have all the collections like the polo that are iconic for when you play tennis, but they have a whole range of clothes that are just like streetwear. So nowadays they manage to do something that's quite rare and like pull off both ends of like um, the social. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You see someone on our age as well, yeah. just wearing it with like baggy jeans. Completely. And like, yeah. All my friends have their tracksuit and they, they love, everyone loves it because it's so versatile. Mm. They manage to integrate themselves in the new generation in a way that like Fila has been trying, but has not, it's like, it's not, it's the, not same. the same stuff. In France, it's such a big thing. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have talked about how sportswear has affected women's wear historically, how it has shaped styles throughout the year and how it has led innovation in design and textile. We have now reached the end of this week's episode of Fashion Culture. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page to see some of our inspiration on high core, ballet core, and much more. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time with another episode. Thank you.